This is Flab Radio, and I'm Jen. I'm a wellness publicist recovered from ED and mom of two. I write a newsletter called Flab, and on this radio show, I'll read it to you. The newsletter is broken up into three parts. First, a personal essay meant to link us in shared experiences. Then, a collection of affirmations. And finally, a quick discussion on the the trend the essay explores without ever reporting on a trend that might suggest you need to change your appearance. It's all served with a healthy dose of humor. If you'd like, you can subscribe to flabwellness.com to get the latest issues delivered straight to your inbox. And now for today's newsletter. Analog Killed the Instagram Star Written and read by Jen Want to stop scrolling? Get hacked. I don't mean a little hack, like an alert that your password was breached. I mean the kind of hacking that has you investing nights and weekends into trying to speak to a human at a company seemingly run by bots. It's the kind of hack that keeps you from ever running for office since you're certain that the moment you do, the hacker will post whatever incriminating photos they have on you. I guess someone else will just have to be president in 2024. All Facebook will tell me is that my account was taken over by C star 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 R at hotmail.com. Hotmail. Okay, that should have been their first clue that something fishy was going on. How in the world did they let someone with a Hotmail account outsmart them? My most generous interpretation is that the fraudster did this because they want to use my photos to catfish the love of their life. And then I'm flattered. But after the news that 11,000 people were fired at Meta, I lost all hope that a human would ever help me find a workaround to the complex takeover that my attacker placed on my account. Instead. I've decided to wish the catfisher good luck on their quest and find true love. But that closure means the loss of hundreds of photos, beliefs held by my younger self, and friends dating back to when I was in college when Facebook first came on the scene. I still remember the day my roommate and I huddled around a laptop at Florida State to create our accounts, which would be used for very important things like finding out that the boy that we met last night at the bar followed Tallahassee Christian Radio and had one too many bleach blonde lady friends. I knew it wouldn't be a love match, but I still went on the date. We didn't make it through placing our sandwich orders before he literally walked out the door with another blonde who had wandered into the restaurant. I quickly learned to heed the warning signs that social media stalking provided when dating. Social media's impact on my struggles with body image is hard to measure. My eating disorder was well underway before I ever logged into Facebook, but it sure fanned the flames. I used it regularly to unfairly compare myself with other women. I'd compare myself to exes that looked nothing like me and the mean girls that I wanted to get to like me. I also used social media to curate a version of myself that always looked carefree, adventurous, cultured, and of course thin. Nonchalant was my most used filter. By the time Instagram rolled out, I was squared away in the love department with someone who'd love me no matter my size, but social media still had lots of games to play with my mind. Now in my 20s, the wellness movement was peaking. 
fitfluencers with iPhone production skills that rivaled Hollywood, and Vogue-level airbrushing began shaping warped views of wellness and self-optimization that teetered just shy of disordered. Diets, cleanses, workshops, kombucha, whole foods, pricey gyms, hydration packs, crystal spas, serums, teas, skimpy athleisure, and greens all filled my, fee- my feed. I'd follow girls whose seemingly only job was to attend and share their thoughts on the best boutique fitness classes in NYC. What an incredible life, I thought. A clear sign of just how far I had lowered the bar on what a fulfilling life meant. The message peddled by these fit fitfluencers was clear. Sweat daily for your monthly slice of Lucali because hashtag balance. Look fabulous while doing it because hashtag gymtimination. And still have enough time to unwind in a yoga class a few times a week because hashtag mental health is so important. These seemingly real people made an ideal body type equal health in my mind. And because it looked achievable, it seemed just within reach if I only stayed committed to the fad program of the week, which often let me feeling even more inadequate when I never quite measured up. The algorithms on social perpetuated this break from reality, and I con- continued down what author Rena Raphael dubbed a kale-covered path of wellness. I dug myself deeper and deeper into a fitspiration content hole. If that doesn't sound like you, don't worry. Social media has a place to make you feel like you're less than others, no matter what your goals are. When wedding season came about, it brought on a flurry of svelte, chic, 10-foot-tall women, all dressed extremely comfortably in black tie gowns. After finding my dress, I smartly unfollowed most of this content because I was afraid I would be filled with regret. But today, when I go back on and look at some of these accounts, a quick scroll tells me that they don't even pretend to be inclusive and show a few token sizes. Their main message is if you don't like this, if you don't look like this, please don't wear eye dresses. Then, as a new mom, posts about workouts and ways to squeeze in extra workouts reminded me daily that I should be doing more while my baby naps. And that my baby was the perfect extra weight to wear to burn some extra calories while I got outside for fresh air, which turned a perfectly lovely walk into a calorie torching chore. As my daughter entered toddlerhood, I was introduced to the sensationalized world of social media food activists who informed me that everything I was eating and barely putting together on the table for my family would indeed kill all of us. I was forced to choose pricey groceries or pricey organic pre-made meals both of which never got eaten but at least I didn't offer my daughter roundup gradually I loosened my grip desperate to get any food eaten by my kids I stopped following these activists especially ones who showed me their kids eating all the healthy foods they were able to score while also carefully avoiding all the hidden chemicals in foods that you may have thought were safe Last week, I even humored my daughter and let her add Gerber cocktail weenies to the shopping cart. I hid them as soon as we got home because serving what looks like baby fingers and formaldehyde is still a bridge too far for right now, but just allowing her to pick it out was a step in the right direction. My hunch is that the stress of getting a home-cooked, organic, expensive meal on the table is much worse than Gerber will ever do to us. 
My Instagram feed delivered me hourly access to remedies promising to cure all that ailed me. Or as Rena Raphael puts it, to regain something I believe that I had lost. Fixating on optimizing my time, workouts, meals, and mental health allowed me to overlook what I was really, really lacking, which were basic foundations that needed to be built. Intuition, perspective, emotional regulation, assertiveness, and integration. These are not things people can easily sell to me in a single post, but I'm sure one day they'll start trying as more and more of us start to catch on that these are the things that are really going to bring about real wellness. All that said, social media offers an incredible power, connection. And if wielded properly, it can be very additive in our lives. Human connection can have all sorts of benefits. It can decrease our feelings of isolation, give us higher self-esteem and reduce anxiety. It can also help us discover new ways of thinking and make us feel like we're not alone in our struggles and help us crowdsource solutions that move our society forward. Part two, affirmations. Connection is about quality, not quantity. And I approach technology with awareness and intention. Part three, a discussion on social media. All right, so I'm going to open this up and be a little bit more freeform than just reading out the newsletter, but going through some of the key things that I've got listed here. So, you know, before we dive into the conversation about options that are out there and um, also some of the stats that you know, kind of make social media sound like the boogeyman. Um, I want to first say that social media can, yes, it can cause a lot of dysfunction and that is absolutely real, but it's not the whole story. Being social is part of being human and there are some really innovative ways that people are coming up with that help us connect in a more conscious way. Um, and many of them are now relying on you know, other ways to connect outside of just sharing an image. So I just want to start there that it's not all doom and gloom. But that said, there are some pretty um, eye-opening stats around the topic, especially when it relates to body image. So, um, you know, first is just that the data is showing that social media is on the rise. Um, We've increased social media um, by, I think, by two minutes since last year which it doesn't sound like that much but um i guess you know it's the highest ever amount ever recorded um and again people are averaging about two hours and 27 minutes a day just on social media um which is a lot like can you think about what you would do with two hours and 27 minutes in your day i would do a lot with that time but apparently it's all going down the drain on social media (laughs) Um, another, another, uh, interesting stat is that Instagram's own research actually found that the platform is making body issues worse for one in three teenage girls. Um, so it's specific to girls who are already saying that they suffer from body image issues 
And um, if that's the case, then one in three in those girls are saying that the platform is making it worse for them, um, which actually kind of sounds like less than I would think, but still 30% of girls being affected by that is too many. Um, next up, um, I was curious and I can't believe it doesn't exist, but I was curious if there was like any parental filters that would automatically filter out, um, you know, sensitive content related to body image. And I couldn't find any that do it, but I found one that sort of, um, will alert you if there's if there's um, any sensitive body image content and I actually applied it to my own phone and I ran it for a couple of days because I just wanted to see like what would happen and um, after just 48 hours it analyzed over 29,000 pieces of activity so that includes like all of my like work you know type of activity and things like that too Um, but I did get alerts from my social activity that it was noticing um, in my feeds that there were certain gut health trends that were trending and I'll admit the actual specific trend that it flagged just so no one gets any ideas but it cited that that specific trend was part of a long line of trends that can create disordered eating patterns in teens and tweens and then I also got an alert from my content that there was a um, higher amount of body checking trends coming up in my feed so uh, people actively encouraging users to focus on their body or accentuate certain areas of their body Um, and side note I also did get an alert that my tone in my emails was a bit negative but that is a whole different story so there you go (laughs) Um, continuing on with a couple of key stats insider reported that you know, when it comes to content that is triggering body image issues, um, it's it's especially true, this correlation of social media impacting body image issues, it's especially true for participants who are scrolling through appearance-related content like fitness instructors or models on Instagram. So if you're following those types of accounts, you have a higher likelihood of having negative body image. Um, and of that type of content, the Fitspiration style content, um, there was a content analysis done of, of that type of content and they found that it over indexes, meaning there was more, uh, more often, um, thin toned women versus men, and they were more likely to have their full bodies on display. So just again, kind of giving you an idea of like what that content actually looks like, which kind of makes sense that it would cause body image issues and then last two things um i spoke with dr carl marcy Um, he is a physician and scientist and author of rewired protecting your brain in the digital age because i wanted to confirm or hear an expert's opinion about something that i know in my gut but i'm not quite sure why Um, And it's just just this idea that digital images are worse for us than an IRL comparison. So, you know, why is it that staring at a photo of a, you know, Sports Illustrated supermodel in a bathing suit on, you know, on Instagram, why or is that worse for us than, you know, being in front of one in real life? 
Um, and, and, you know, he let me know that, yes, it's definitely true that idealized digital images are more damaging um, for our body image than real life experiences. And perhaps that is part of or because most of the photos that we're seeing online have been edited. So there was a, a Harris poll in 2017, which found that nearly two thirds of Americans edit their photos before posting. And that's again, back from 2017, I'm sure that number is, is dramatically risen since, since then. And then last thing, just on this topic of editing, it's actually bad for us when we edit, which is kind of counter counterintuitive, but um, you know, there was this report again on Insider that found that actually taking and editing selfies was more harmful than just posting them. And perhaps that was because it's allowing you to focus and then try and fix your flaws. So, you know, just a lot of reasons to think twice before you click into an image based social media platform. And, you know, not saying that it needs to be something you stay away from altogether, but it's really important we're conscious and aware of all of these facts when we're going into it. So if you are going to do image-based social media, and look, I again, I, I have kids, like, I, I do like having images and things like that to look back on, uh, especially around, like, birthdays and special occasions. Um, so if you are going to do it, though, there are some ways that you can do it better and in a way that's a little bit kinder to your body image. So here are my tips of what I do. First, I Marie Kondo my feed. If it does not bring me joy, I get it out of there. Um, I unfollow accounts that are bringing me down. And if it's a friend or someone, you know, maybe their content is like unknowingly kind of triggering my eating disorder or body image issues. I will opt to unfollow or I'll opt to actually just mute them for a little bit. So if I'm for whatever reason, like needing just a break, but I don't want to unfollow them altogether or like, you know, cause them to see that I've unfollowed them, you can just mute them. And it's really easy. Just click one of the buttons and you opt to mute them. And, you know, then you can turn them back on, you know, when you feel ready to do so um, and they won't be notified. Um, my next tip is to keep your network tight. So remove any followers you don't recognize. Um, and just, you know, really think, are these people that if they were in the room, I would feel comfortable having a conversation with and sharing parts of, you know, these parts of your life with. And if not, like, you know, don't allow them to follow you posting all of your photos of your kids and everything. If, if that's something that's, that's hard for you to do. Um, obviously like if you, you know, don't have any qualms with it, then, then don't worry about it. But for me, it's like so much easier to know that the people that I'm friends with or follow me on Instagram are all people who love me, support me, that aren't going to judge me. Um, so that makes it a lot easier and a lot less stressful to post photos. Um, I'll also delete the app from my phone from time to time. It doesn't delete my account, but it just makes the experience a little less sticky. Um, so I can still like go to the mobile browser and open up Instagram.com and see photos and, you know, read a meme my husband sends me, but it's not something that I'm going to spend like 20 minutes, 30 minutes on and like consume, you know, pages and pages and pages of images. It's like something that maybe I spend two, three minutes on. 
Um, and then <coughs> last two things, just find accounts that you align with, especially on things like body image and food. Um, and always reevaluate them. So, you know, six months ago, there were accounts that I thought were helping me and, you know, helping me come up with ways to find quote unquote healthy meals to feel, feed my, my family. And, you know, after checking in and really just recognizing that I had a lot of stress about feeding my kids and, you know, cooking and, giving them the right things and then nobody eating any of it and then the grocery bill at the end of the week and like all of those things I just realized like part of that is coming from all of these accounts that I'm following that are just talking about the topic ad nauseum and I just need a break and I need to like just do what works for me right now which is easy and just like getting food in my kids and for me right now that's working and maybe in two years that'll be different but right now that's what I need today so make sure that you're always assessing and taking out what isn't working for you and adding in and finding people that are aligned with kind of your perspective on those key topics and then last thing, this sounds kind of narcissistic, but I just try not to look at other people's posts as much as possible. So I'll just go in and post and share what I want to share and then get out. <laughs> um, I try not to leave too much time to kind of sit in the icky feeling of how I looked in a photo if I didn't quite like it or check in on likes or, you know, then, then go out and see what other people are posting. Um, it's especially important coming up on this Thanksgiving holiday everybody's going to be posting photos of like their family vacations or their dinners or their outfits or their whatever and like just don't like you're gonna just find yourself comparing and you're better off just if you want to post something go ahead and post it and get out of the app Alright, so that brings me to some of the alternatives um, and some of the other options that are out there for image-based, um, to Im alternatives to image-based social media. So, uh, my first, and, you know, probably everybody already does this, but maybe doesn't use it in quite this way, my first suggestion is just text it. Like, set up some WhatsApp groups and, um, <laughs> dog here. Um, find the, you know, set up some groups that relate to the different groups of people that you want to speak to. So, um, you know, I have group chats for my work friends, for my, um, mom friends, for my, um, you know, my extended, you know, like my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, um, for my cousins, like whatever it is, set up some specific chats for those people so that you can really share content and thoughts and images that are relevant and help to deepen the connection that you have based on your shared interests and common ground with those specific people. And I find I get way more interaction and comments and feedback when I do that um, through WhatsApp versus just posting something on Instagram. Next up, 
of alternatives to image-based social media is Substack. Obviously, I've got a newsletter. Um, you can go check it out at flabwellness.com. Right now, Substack is my favorite for just consuming content. Um, there's so many great authors um, that I've been following to draw knowledge and relatable experiences from. And with each one, um, within each of these newsletters, there's a really engaged following of like-minded people all commenting and sharing their experiences. Um, so it's really great. Like a lot of times you can actually hear directly from the author themselves. Um, you can also hear, um, you know, other parents or whatever the type of community it is, like other people's firsthand experiences um, just right there in the comment section. So it's it's great for that type of connection. Um, and <coughs> it's been really great to help me find my or start to form um, some ideas around, you know, post post-recovery voice and how I want to look at this topic and you know Holly um, Whitaker over from the recovering um, substack had a really great piece on just like borrowed work we'll call it um, and I think you know it, it was really great to just hear somebody talk about how when we're sharing ideas like this, like these are topics that are talked about a lot. And I just want to caveat that a lot of my ideas that I'm sharing aren't my ideas. They're just helpful ideas that have worked for me. And that's why I'm sharing them. So um, a lot of that was because of following these newsletters and this community. And it's helped me a lot. Um, next up is Good Inside. It is a um, parenting community that's a network um, that I signed up to f because of the advice and workshops, but I actually stayed for the community. Um, and, you know, the support and speed of feedback that I'm getting from the other parents and even the um, the author who's kind of like a celebrity in this in this space um, has really been so impressive and, and again, kind of why I stayed beyond just signing up for a workshop. Um, it's really great to see the community in action. They'll even set up workshops. Like if there is a thread or a topic that a lot of parents are chiming in on as, um, something that's a challenge or something that they want to explore more, um, Dr. Becky, who, who runs the platform, will come in with her team and they will actually set up a workshop based on community engagement and threads that people are talking about. So it's a really cool kind of way that they're using this social community. Another social network to check out is the On Being Wisdom app. They have new retreats. Um, that have, you know, they're, they're self-directed, but they do have some social component to them because they have live retreats. Um, so if you're interested in connecting with other people live um, about really big topics like social healing and, you know, what does it even mean to be human, um, you can check out their retreats and, um, and join some of those live virtual sessions.
Another really cool way um, or take on social media is um, something that Masterclass is doing. It's called Sessions and it allows you to join a cohort uh, of a 30-day curriculum and uh, be part of a group of people kind of on a curriculum path um, working towards creating something so it's like a way to connect with other creators who are interested in you know the same thing as you you get teacher feedback you get to connect with other people on the platform and you know discuss you know like roadblocks that you've had or wins or share your projects that you've worked on and get feedback um so really cool way for creators to connect um a couple more one that i just thought was wow and out of this world is called ask diem d-i-e-m it's a new search engine for women a dedicated place to search collect discover and share information with each other it's inspired by the way women have been passing knowledge to each other for centuries think of it as the biggest group chat you've ever been a part of where all the important silly quick private frenetic knowledge you share is organized and stored for everyone to benefit from like mind blown why has no one thought of this until now so I've signed up for their newsletter and it's recommended on my Substack, so you can go ahead and check it out. Um, but I think the beta app is is still, like you can sign up to be part of the beta app, but I think it's, it's launching soon. So that's really cool. Um, another um, that I'm, you know, using right now that I think is awesome is Blast Radio. Um, so, you know, I'm trying my hand at more audio creation and adding in read alouds to my newsletter, but in between those issues, I'm going to be speaking my mind without any images, um, using blast radio. So kind of like anytime I want to post something on Instagram, I'm going to, you know, push myself to be doing audio only content and broadcasting that live on my radio channel here at blastradio.com slash flab. You can download the app and get notified right away when I go live. And then I'll also just share the live links out on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you can see all of that live um, content happening when I post there. Um, and I will add that this is a brand that um, you know I'm, I'm working with in my day job. So Uh, Just an FYI there, but I'm sharing because I just genuinely love creating on this platform. And I think, um, you know, it's it's serving as like a nice, healthy break from Instagram overload, especially during the holiday season. All right, so that kind of wraps up my tips for how to... um, strengthen or reevaluate or rethink your relationship with image-based social media if you want to get more you can go image free with flab and i can give you a personal guarantee that you will never come across an image of someone else's body or stumble across any tips for what to eat how to move or how to change your appearance you can connect with me by following me on Twitter at Flab Wellness. 
and on there I will share links to all of my live radio bro- live radio broadcasts um, which you can find at blastradio.com slash flab and you can also subscribe to the flab podcast on apple podcast or um, subscribe to the flab newsletter via substack Thanks for listening. If you like the show, go ahead and subscribe at flabwellness.com. Be well, like the real kind of well. Wow.